0: I'm Danny Degresenzo from the Hofstra Morning Wakele Call here with Callan Shea, a social media influencer and historian. The air date of this interview, January 10th, marks the anniversary of Julius Caesar famously crossing the Rubicon River in 49 BC, and that's what the two of us will be discussing today. Callan, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you for having me on.
0: So I think we better start with what was going on? What was the context before Caesar crossed the Rubicon?
1: Caesar had had some political troubles. So he gets a governorship in Gaul, where he conquers and builds up a large power base. Um, But back in Rome, his political alliance, the triumvirate, um, is starting to fall apart because uh, there was three members, Caesar, Pompey, and Crassus, Crassus was the richest and I think the eldest, Um, but he went off to the Middle East and ends up dying on a campaign there that was very ill thought through. So, this leaves just an alliance of Pompey and Caesar, who are extremely similar men. Um, They are both talented military generals and skilled popular politicians and um they sort of see with crassus out of the picture it's these are not two individuals who liked to share power um so julius caesar is making his way back to rome with his legions before this um because pompey has tried to take over rome for himself
0: Caesar's at the Rubicon River, which marks the border between what was Cisalpine Gaul and Italy, the provinces. What was the crossing of the Rubicon? Walk us through what was going through Caesar's mind. And, of course, the famous line, let the die be cast, the die is cast. That we've all heard a million yes. times.
1: Oh, JC, such a dramatist. Something <laughs> that's very underappreciated about him. Basically, there's a Roman law of imperium. And... That basically means you do not bring an armed legion into Rome proper at the time, which was, yeah, central Italy. Um, <laughs> and this is because Rome is a Republic. They only have forces against outer, su- supposedly. They have lots of force, but... Um, there's no violence supposed to happen in Rome, and the rule is this: the Rubicon River. It connects to the Adriatic Sea to a mouth f- from a mountain range to the Adriatic Sea, and it's really the because of the mountains. It's the best way to head south in Italy, and the rule is that the Rubicon River is where you do not bring an army past, and so. Julius Caesar knows when he takes arm his armed legions past the Rubicon, he is breaking a sacred Roman law, like the equivalent to like disregarding the constitution in the United States. He knows that this will, he will have to win this fight that's about to go down or he will lose, but. He's about to embark and so he says let the die be cast.
0: And with the die firmly cast, why is the event so significant in the grand scope of history, not just in Roman history and history in general?
1: Mm, that's a great question. Why does this moment seize our imagination in the western in the western world? I think it's because Julius Caesar was very much a man of the people and very much trapped in a time that's being dictated by rules from the past. By the time this is happening, Julius, the empire has grown immensely, um, but they're still using this. the rules as if they are a small republic. They need transformative change. That is incredibly difficult to achieve throughout history. And Julius, so rarely do we see one person try to take it on in the way that you see Julius Caesar try to take on a whole empire when he crosses the Rubicon.
0: Yeah. And by crossing that river and starting and eventually winning that civil war, it basically marked the end of the Roman Republic. And why should people learn about that? Why should people learn about The transition between the Roman Republic, the Republican era, and then the empire founded by Augustus, his grandnephew.
1: What's so tragic about Julius Caesar, and I think a lot of the people who came later, who sort of are similar to him in other ways, is um, the grand visionary uh, and the person usually for the people, like Julius Caesar, like, say, a Lenin, yet they don't get to see they achieve power and they build this power and they have it all and then they die and someone else grasps it from them. And rarely is a person who didn't actually put in the work to organize power when they seize it, they're not as kind to the people.
0: And that shift away from, as you said, rule-based republicanism, why is that relevant in today's world, especially in America, when you, where you see this term that people are saying democratic backsliding, the erosion of democratic norms? Why do you feel it's important to always keep in mind the crossing of the Rubicon as a stark image of that in the ancient world as compared to the modern world?
1: You can learn a lot about our modern situations, especially from Rome in the United States today. I mean, we have a Senate. (laughs) We have a Senate. And then, I mean, one of the major causes of Julius Caesar feeling like he had to do this. I don't think this would have been his ideal way to become, you know, so powerful in Rome. The Senate had become so ineffective and concerned with their own rights and privileges that they were so disconnected from the empire that things things became so inefficient and so stagnated that it gives the opportunity for populists to rise up. Julius Caesar is very much to a T a populist. He had published every year of his Gallic campaigns, his famous works, The Gallic Wars. Um, He was a master of propaganda. And he was violent. And he saw anyone who wasn't a Roman uh, wasn't, wasn't a good situation. So, hmm, there is uh, but I do think uh that's where it does get hard because I think Julius Caesar was extremely necessary and probably right in a lot of ways, you know, and it's also so hard because he died, and so his son Augustus, or his adopted son, um. Takes the reins. This is a boy who is raised in privilege, you know, um, just didn't have to fight for his life the way that Julius Caesar did growing up. What is
0: one dominant lesson you you tied? What connects the modern world to what happened in 49 B.C.? What is the just the main lesson? And you mentioned how Caesar was necessary, but now democratic backsliding is seen as a bad thing in modern democracies. What's the lesson, if there is one?
1: If government does not keep up with technological and societal innovation, it causes extreme problems in societies. With Julius Caesar, he understood that. That's, you know, let the die be cast. This is not, you can't control it. You can take your chances and see what happens.
0: Yeah, and he took quite the chance, and it worked out somewhat before he was stabbed many times by his friends, (laughs) his supposed friends. Just before we wrap up, thank you so much for discussing the Rubicon with me. How can our listeners find your stuff online? How can our listeners connect with you and see what you've been up to?
1: Absolutely. Um, Check me out on TikTok. I'm at History Callan or on Instagram at Callan Shea. Um, C-A-L-L-A-N-S-H-E-A. Yeah, check me out. Thank you so much for having me on. This was a blast.
0: All right. Thank you. And that was Callan Shea, social media influencer and historian. We talked about the crossing of the Rubicon River on its anniversary. Thank you again, Callan. It was so fun. Bye.